got delays, we've got cancels, and we've got a lot of fucking games coming out next year in 2023. This is the Dual Screens Crossplay Podcast. Hello, my name is Taylor Allen, and I am joined this week by Steven Fontana, the gamer boy himself. <laughs> Steve, how are you? The boys are back back together. The band is back together. Crossplay new world what the faction wars here we go yeah, we're doing a show faction wars let's go episode 119 119 <laughs> what's up buddy how are you i'm doing good man it's been a couple weeks i was on vacation my family was sick kids mm. throwing up everywhere that's so we're back with a vengeance oh we're oh it's dark chilling. we're getting dark yeah uh yeah, kids being to- sick is the most just it's just stress. Like there's no, there's no other word for it than it's stress. It's like, you just got to get through it. You know? Yeah. It's like a really bad shift at the restaurant where the dish pit is broken. Your grill guy didn't show up and nobody prepped the salad dressings. And you're just going in there like, what are we doing? All right, let's get through the night and worry, worry about it tomorrow. Figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah. Uh, sorry for any, any service workers that just got a little PTSD from that. Cause I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. The grill guy. Yeah. You, Where is he? You, you haven't, I, I, I am a proponent that you should, every person should do at least six months in the service industry. Uh, instead yeah. of like military requirements, we should require that because yeah. until Selective you have the service is just like yeah. working at an olive garden. Yes, absolutely. Working, you're working at something food re- service related because yeah. you haven't, you don't know stress. Well, unless you're in the military and have been in war, uh-huh. you don't know stress, like waking up in the middle of the night saying, did I bring the ketchup to table 32? Like, you or, just, <laughs> you're just like, or, oh, oh, they wanted ketchup. Oh, fuck. <laughs> That or like retail, but not like nice retail, like shitty retail. Yeah, like really bad during retail. the holidays. Yeah, like yeah, old like, navy retail. Yes, like, old navy retail in the middle of Black Friday. Yeah, no, we don't want that. We don't want that. <laughs> anyway, hey, hello. <laughs> I'm so excited to uh, do this podcast with you, Steve. But before we do the podcast, yes, a couple things that we want to touch on. First and foremost, did you know we have a show all about indie games? So I did tell them about the indie game show. Yes, we have a brand new show that is a couple of months uh, in the can right now. We have Indies Nuts podcast because we are nuts about indies. We are indies. That's what we are here at Dual Screens. And we are now doing a fully dedicated news previews and reviews podcast all about indie gaming. So check that out. It records on twitch.tv slash dual screen streams, just like Crossplay does uh, each and every week. This uh, It's either Wednesday or Thursdays, depending on scheduling. Uh, we do mostly most of the time Wednesdays. This week is on Thursday. Uh, and it posts on your favorite podcast service of choice, including our home, uh, Podbean. Of course, it will post as well on youtube.com slash dual screens tv and it's been doing really well we've been getting very good feedback from our from our core listeners uh we just got to figure out how to branch it out a little bit so if you are listening to this and you don't listen to that give us a try you'll you, you'll get the it's deep a dive really good show it's a it's a fantastic show it's uh actually shown me a lot of indies that i've actually fallen in love with so highly highly recommend um if you like small independent games Give it a listen. Uh, we also have our flagship show, the one that started it all. The oh my god, did I just have a stroke? You just had the a mini stroke. I caught it. It's on camera. Podcast. <laughs> yes, the dual screens podcast is just going super strong right now. We have so many episodes already recorded that I don't even know what we're putting up this week. I I do know, but I forgot because um, I haven't edited it, 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 it yet. Um, but we are we're going strong we've had a really good uh uh showing out for our last few episodes uh mirror forge i think is the one going up uh this week i believe that's the one um really cool horror game that has a demo right now on steam if you want to check it out um it was a really 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 good episode but mirror forge was either a recent one or going up this week i honestly it's uh, been a fever mirror dream. forge Mirror Forge went up two days ago. Oh, okay, good. Um, yeah. Last week we had uh, Eternal Exodus, which is 
just one of the most heartwarming interviews I think we've ever done. It's it's absolutely awesome. Um, hearing Josh's story was incredible. One of my favorite episodes that I feel like is kind of underappreciated right now. So definitely check those out. We've also had some awesome interviews uh, with some of my favorite games this year, including um, the community manager of V Rising, mm-hmm. the hot new vampire survival game on the block, um, the lead designer of Peglin, um, one of the most interesting roguelike pachinko jam- games you'll ever play, um, and many, many more. So definitely go check that out uh, up on YouTube as well as the podcast feed. So Indeed. If you're interested in hearing stories from incredible indie developers and other members of the games industry. You can head over there. Some of them, uh, some of them are literal mom and pops. Like if you want like brick yeah. and mortar, mom and pops, like husband and wife and, and all that fun stuff. Like you'll be mm-hmm. surprised what you can, the people that make your games uh, and the stories and how they came about. Um, it's really cool. Finally, before we get into our adventures in gaming, mm. if you want to support this show and all of the other shows that we just told you about, you can have head over to patreon.com slash dual underscore screens or just dual screens. Just dual D-U-E-L screens. D-U-E-L screens. Yeah. Yep, just D-U-E-L, like a dual, screens. Um, over there, you get uh, perks like access to our patron-exclusive Discord. We have a lot of awesome chats. We hang out in voice calls and share video while we're playing games and and just you know do shenaniganry it's like Um, a super exclusive discord where we can play games together or it's like it's like a sometimes we do like private streams in there and Mm kind of just hang out yeah i i usually will hang out in there while i'm prepping D stuff um Mm -hmm. you know if we're playing games with friends we'll usually hang out in there it's it's a good time so Patreon.com slash dual screens for just a dollar. You can get access to that for just a little bit more. You get access to our pre-show where we talked about baseball for 15 minutes today. Um, sure or did. sometimes we talk about what we had for dinner or what our poops look like. So and uh, if you're interested the in ocean. that content, the ocean. Yeah. yeah talk about that yeah. sometimes. Uh, sometimes I talk about my son's anxiety. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's, it's a smorgasbord. It Definitely is. check that out. Uh, we'll also ha- be having some cool exclusive like seasonal shows that'll show up there, um, including a fun little show with our Patreon producer, Colton the Apprentice Nestler. Yes, indeed. Uh, that will be announced very soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, we want to give a, a nice little shout out to our other Patreon producer, FNH Paul. Who, I think that's who's it. actually I think that's... a part of uh, one of our Patreon exclusive contents, Dual Screens and Dragons. Yeah. So there you go. Full circle. I think that's the thing. I'm a little bit out of it this week. It didn't flow super well, but we're just going to listen. We, we're we're fun. having a good time. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is what dual Here screens is all about. Time, bunch of bunch of time. friends chatting about games and stuff. Yes, exactly. Steven. Yeah, it is time for the adventures in gaming. 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 Yeah. Tell me what you've been playing, Steve. I booted up, and it's not on my list, but I want to say it because I actually booted it up today. I booted up Splitgate on my sh- on my uh, Steam Deck. Oh, really? I was curious, you know? Because that seems like mm-hmm. the perfect like Steam Deck, like, let me just play a round or two like game. Sure. I was worried. Big worried. Mm-hmm. Because it looked like absolute hot garbage. Like, it looked like a PS Vita game. Jesus. Th- then I realized... That in this in the settings, because uh, it is optimized for the 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 Steam Deck. Oh, I went into the settings and the uh, resolution scaling was at fifty percent. Oh, I so don't it just look like muddy doo doo. Yeah, so I bumped it up to one hundred, and it looked uh-huh. indistinguishable from the real thing. Uh, take wow. some take some getting and it used still to. Performed pretty well. Yeah, performed great. Uh, awesome. Took some getting used to with the like the the sticks are very. Um, loose, like they're not, you know, they're, they're just brand, it's brand, it's like, yeah, it's not, it's not something I would play a competitive shooter on, but like I had my kills. I did, I did my, you know, a couple of, uh, a couple of matches. It was fun. Um, it works that my main concern was like, how comfortable is this going to be? Is this going to be like the game, the, the Sega nomad where I'm not going to really want to play it? Or is it going to be comfortable enough where I could play it for, for, uh, you know, long gaming sessions. And I think it falls somewhere in the middle. I can't see myself sitting there playing it forever. 
but I could see myself, like I said, picking up, doing a mission of this, doing a mission of that, maybe playing an indie game for, for an hour or two. Yeah. Um, it's a novel that you can do it. Yeah. And that's cool. I, I still want to explore some other things with it. Like, um, having, having it docked and using it as, uh, a, like basically like a mini, a, a PC mini. Um, yeah. I've heard it can, it can work. So I'm going to do some research on that. See, uh, see how I can do that. Cause that would free up for games like that. That would free up some, uh, CPU usage. If I was to, totally. you know, just capture that image as opposed to using the GPU for that and CPU for that. So that would be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also been playing a bit of guardians of the galaxy, uh, came out, uh, last oh. year, I think, or I think it was two last year, year ago, game. two years. I don't know. Um, I, I missed it. And it's been, it's a PS plus and it was on uh, game pass as well, but now it's on the PS plus. Mm-hmm. I believe it's on essential, but I'm not, I think it is. I think yeah. it's part of the essential uh, package. It was last year, by the way. I just yeah. Last year. Yeah. I think it was like December, or November or something. Um, That's September, but yeah. Yeah. Um, end of the year-ish. End of the year-ish. Yeah. Um, I've been waiting to play it. I, I'm really enjoying it. I think the writing is so good. Um, I haven't gotten into any like, oh, crap story twists yet but like the character bonding and dialogue and, and how you can be i don't know if you've played it but like you're the peter quill that you're playing you you can make him make leadership decisions and yeah. it's really it's really cool the way it does it because like you could be uh you know supportive or you could be sarcastic in some moments you could be you could side with one uh two characters over the other two and and the story kind of plays out slightly differently depending on what you do um which is really cool i I really like it the combat's not that great um but it's not terrible it plays more like a um it almost plays more like an xbox um an x-men legends than it does a um like an uncharted like I was yeah. expecting more of like that third person just action like Spider-Man, but it's more squad based. So you're doing more, uh, mm-hmm. co- you know, trying Having to do combos doing their powers. Yeah. Yeah. Like Figuring yeah. out things like that. Um, but it's fun. I mean, if you, if you pat, if you, you know, didn't, uh, play it be- for whatever reason, didn't have the cash. It's free on, on, I think both Xbox and PlayStation right now, if you have those subscriptions. So there's really no reason not to, um, it's also very pretty. It looks great on a PS5. Yeah, it's beautiful. Very, very it, it, it's really, really beautiful. Um, it, it uh, the music is great. Like all the licensed music is so phenomenal. Um, yeah, like it has the it has the the quality and polish of something you would expect from from like a Naughty Dog or Crystal Dynamics or or as far as like Lara Croft goes. Um, but yeah. it has like an arcadey style action. Um, that is fun. Um, can be deep. I, I see the different things you can unlock with, with Quill. And, and so I look mm-hmm. forward to seeing how it varies. Um, and finally, uh, I dove into Stray, which is a, um, it, it's, it's a game that I feel like people weren't really prepared for emotionally. Yeah. Um, but the game is absolutely gorgeous. If you don't know what it is, uh, it, it you are a, a stray cat in a dystopian future where robots are basically took place of humans and, but they kind of interact with you like humans. Like you're still, they talk to you like you're a person, but you're a cat. Um, it's very weird. Um, but if there was ever a game that shows you how a cat acts like this game is like perfect. Um, it was almost like it was made for TikTok this game like they made a game specifically so that you could record parts of it and put it on tiktok yeah um i saw a, a screenshot on twitter the other day mm-hmm. um i have not touched this game at all i don't know anything about it but one thing that i thought was very cute and endearing was that the robots eat ramen and it's just like a <laughs> bowl of broth with like ram sticks in of it, ram like yeah. ram sticks <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, so. it's 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 ten tongue, out of ten game of the year. <laughs> it's tongue in cheek. It's hauntingly. It's got a, a depressing tone to it. But yeah. if you look at the absurdity of it, if if you juxtapose like what you're doing and how they're interacting with you, the world almost seems beautiful as opposed to depressing. Like it's almost like mm-hmm. it's got a weird optimism to it. 
Um, sure. Because these robots are, they're not miserable. Like they're existing mm-hmm. in this in this weird world, and you're just this cat. Like, and the the moment to moment gameplay is more. It's it's about like cat parkour and puzzle solving and kind of doing these little missions for the robots and whatnot. But, um, and then there's these like little glob, uh creatures that are trying to kill the cat so yeah. if you're sensitive to a cat being murdered your cat is going to die and it's going to die a lot and it's going to be sad but the cat comes back to life because it's a video game and as long as you can remember that when you're playing like the first few times it was like oh i don't want to watch this cat oh die God. like remember yeah. when lara croft was dying in like just the worst ways in the reboot spears directly just like horrible it, be- yeah. it became like uncomfortable and they were like all right we'll tone it down for the second one like yeah. we're almost at that point where it's like can we not have this cat die <laughs> like this please yeah. like every five minutes because i'm bad at games i have to watch this poor little tabby or uh uh yeah tabby die over and over again no yeah. thank you but just yeah conditioning you to be better at the game Steve. yeah yeah that's what it, that's what it's doing it's conditioning me to go to therapy um it's not that long too so if you have a couple of evenings you could get through it um i'm not finished with it i barely scratched the surface but i knew that i was coming on here and i wanted to talk about it so i dove in a little bit a little bit in yeah i i love how you you describe the world as like kind of optimistic but juxtaposed to this like kind of overly depressed setting i feel like they're um, like weather effects play to that so yeah. well and the because lighting. it's yeah. just like the this neon city that's always kind of rainy and like overcast and yeah. stuff but it, it has kind of like this beautiful aspect to it with like the neon glowing off the rain and stuff like i think that's really cool and i'll definitely have to check it out it's like the, with the feeling that i got from it from just being in that world is like so in, in, in 2003, we had a huge East Coast blackout. Like, I don't know if you remember that, but it was a huge blackout. Like, the I whole was Northeast. Third grade. So. Yeah. Like, the whole North. I was in high school. And the whole, like, Northeast of the country from, like, Maine all the way down to, like, Virginia just lost power. Oh. And it was. And I remember be going outside and watching everybody walking in the street and just being like, how you been and what's going on? What can I get for you? Do you need water? Like, what can I do? Like, oh, do you want me to go pick up your daughter? Like, she's stuck in the city. Like, it was just like everybody was kind of like existing in this world and just figuring it out. And yeah. that's kind of like the feeling I got playing Stray where I'm like, oh, they're 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 just figuring out how to live in the, in this world. And yeah. I'm just kind of like, I'm literally like a cat on the wall, like just kind of being an audience to this. Um, and it, it's kind of cool. Um, but also yeah. nothing is quite right. Cause you know, it's mm-hmm. a dystopia and the humans are gone. Sure. So yeah. All right. Uh, I've been playing some games. I know. So I've been talking since this game came out about buying it, sitting down for a weekend and playing it with my wife. I finally got around to the quarry. Yay. Um, it was on sale on, I think everything last week, two weeks ago, something mm-hmm. like that. So I picked it up. It was like 40 bucks. Um, and have you played any of the other like dark picture anthology? Uh, stuff that they put out? I played until dawn. That was the only okay. one of, of their games that I really played. So I, I played like Man of Medan and um, there's another one that they put out semi recently. I can't remember the name of it. The one that's they were all okay. Like th- not the village. It was called something no. like that. It was like yeah. Uh, anyway, it, they were they were okay, right? They're similar-ish to um, to Until Dawn. The quarry is Until Dawn. Like it just it is. It mm. feels like a sequel to until dawn it's awesome so campy uh, so just like b tier slasher in the best way possible um and the gameplay is really fun the story super engaging the characters are all 
not likable but relatable like yeah i don't like every single one of them but they seem like real people that like i want to hate because they're an actual person and not just because someone wrote them to be hateable right like they're very nuanced and stuff it it just it's awesome um absolutely 10 out of 10 writing um so my wife we sat down and played through basically an entire weekend game is kind of long i think it took us like 10 hours or something to get through it yeah um so it's pretty sizable um and then after you beat the game uh you can go back and do chapter select and change any of your decisions to see how it like changes the outcome yeah uh, and you also get a couple of like death rewind tokens. So if you like accidentally killed off a character, which I did in our first playthrough, of course, uh, and you want to like try and change it, you can go back to the chapter they die, replay it, uh, and you know you get retries and stuff. But um, it's very very good. I I cannot say enough yeah. good things about the core. It's it's one of those games that's like on my list of I I I know I'll like it. I loved Until Dawn. Until Dawn, my wife went away. I don't. I think she took our son with with her and I just remember just putting the chair directly in front of the TV and just playing it. And I played it yep. Friday, Saturday, and I finished it Sunday. Mm-hmm. And, but the thing about those games for me is whatever I do is canon to me. And I don't want to know what else happened. I don't know what else could have happened. I like to think that whatever I did is that's it. That's what happened. Yeah, that's how the game goes. Yeah, that that's thing. just how, like this is how. Oh, this guy died. Oh, what do you mean he can't? Like I don't. Plus, it's overwhelming seeing the sure. butterfly effect of everything in Until Dawn, where you're like, oh my god, there's so much I didn't mm-hmm. see. Like it overwhelms me, and I and I don't want to do it. And I just want to yeah. say, missed enough. Of it. Little Hope. That was the other one that that mm, they that from yes. the anthology. I thought that one did yeah, yeah. did pretty well. That one that one kind of. Um, yeah, it just didn't feel quite the same. Like, yeah. They have a little bit more serious tone and yeah. stuff. Um, whereas, like, Until Dawn and the Quarry, equally as campy, like, teen slasher. It's. I think I know what it is. I think Until Dawn and the Quarry try to scare you, whereas the other ones are trying mm-hmm. to be scary. Yeah. And I... You know, and I, they, and I think, they, like, like, they, they get it. They more creepy. Yeah, yeah, they're like, they, like, these games get it, like... Mm-hmm. It, it's gonna it's they're just trying to scare you they're trying to jump scare you they're trying to get you to, to go ah whereas the other ones are like we're gonna this is horror done the right way we're gonna be all in your brain and stuff and make yeah. you question everything you do and you're like yeah but it's coming across as a little try hard yeah um, totally. and art housey but i digress um yeah. what else you've been playing yeah a couple other things real quick uh i picked up a game called Nova drift because I love 20 minutes till dawn and just want more of those like wave based survival games. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, you're a little spaceship and you're shooting other spaceships and asteroids and stuff like that. And it's pretty cool. Um, it's like five bucks. That's one thing I love about this genre is they just decided that everything is like $3. So mm-hmm. um, I'm a big fan of that. But yeah, Nova Drift on Steam. Very good game. Very beautiful. A lot of uh, like light effects and stuff. So big fan of that. But the big thing that I've been playing, Steve, oh, big. I've been putting so much time into is maybe one of the most underrated games I have ever played in my life. It is called Solasta Crown of the Magister. And this game is just, it's d and It's yep. it. They have gotten permission from Wizards of the Coast to use the 5.1 SRD rule set. Um, so a lot of very familiar spells, classes, races, stuff like that. But it's all set in their own like homebrew setting. They have homebrew classes and, and stuff like that as well. But it plays so perfectly like D&D, it's not even funny. Uh, This game came out last year uh, after a successful Kickstarter, and they have continued to support the game with a lot of really awesome DLC, adding extra classes, adding a full second campaign that you can play. Um, I... Everything about the game from a technical perspective is like... B tier at best. Yeah, like the it, writing it's, is super cheesy. Yeah. 
the graphics aren't that great. Um, the animations are fine. The like lighting effects and stuff are fine. Um, the like, you know, actual layout of some of the places are a little less open than I want it to be. Um, and your decisions don't have as much of an impact as I'd like them to have. Um, but this is a team who was founded in 2018. This is literally the very first game they've ever made together. And it's just so much fun. Like, I just can't stop thinking about it. Me and Mike have played this game every single night for the last, like, week and a half. And it's on Game Pass. Yep. Like, it, it's awesome. It's so, so good. And, like, so endearing and cheesy and dumb and fun. Like, it just, I cannot say enough good things about it. If you like tactical crpgs or if you like DD and you have game pass or you want to pick it up on steam it is definitely definitely worth your money yeah I, I i downloaded it on game pass after watching you and mike play for a little bit um it looks like playing it together is part of the fun so yeah you know i'll figure out who you know how that's gonna work because i i would like to play with you guys but i don't like I think you you would have to start over. Is it worth it for you to start over? Like I don't, you know. So we'll see. Um, yeah. Will you be over it by the time you know we can get get into play? But um, it's definitely it definitely looks like it's going to scratch the itch that Baldur's Gate three uh, has slowly been scratching. Yeah. And, and... The the nice thing is too, if the host of the multiplayer session owns the DLC, then everyone in the lobby gains access to it. So I bought the DLC. If you guys want to jump on and we can start a new campaign of the like DLC stuff, so it's all new for us, uh, we'll then have access to like the druid and the barbarian classes and stuff too. Like, it, it's super fun super super fun you guys don't all have to buy the stuff to be able to get access to it so cool yeah i i would love to just have like a weekly D D sesh separate from our weekly D sesh. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah it's it's a really good time are we about to be called uh, uh dungeons and dual screens like is that going to be the new website i mean i think <laughs> i mean in, i'm into it all right steve yes it is time for the release oh. roundup. Kiaw! Release roundup. Things that have come out in the last week. As Dusk Falls uh, came out on Xbox consoles and PC on the 19th. Uh, Endling Extinction is Forever. PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC on the 19th. Fallen Angel came out for the Switch on the 19th. Forza Horizon 5 Hot Wheels. Vroom, vroom, vroom. Xbox, PC on the 19th. Stray, PlayStation mm -hmm. 4, PlayStation 5, and PC on the 19th. Redout 2 came out on the Switch on the 20th. Bright Memory Infinite came out on Definitely PS5, Xbox Series, oh, 100%. Switch uh, on July 21st. Coromon came out on Switch July oh, 21st. Yeah. Former guest uh, of the show. Live Alive July 22nd came out on Switch. And Story of Seasons, Pioneers of Olive Town came out on PS4 only today, July 26th. Yeah, that was on PC for a bit, I believe. Um, Interesting that they only ported it to PS4. Eh. Or is that late? I don't know. <laughs> uh, according to chat, Bright Memory Infinite is a first-person shooter. But uh, it that's that's got anime written all over it that bright oh, 100%. Anime. uh yeah. and it's live a live live a live thought, i'm pretty sure it's live alive live a live i don't think it's live a live or i think it, you're trying to fuck with me live a live lit no it's live a live no it's definitely live alive mm, i don't think so someone look it up i don't think so all right pizza bet let's talk pizza bet let's do it pizza bet live a live okay. i know things okay we can we can pizza about it. Yeah. Andy, when I talked about this announcement, said "Live Alive." Well, I he's a yeah, but he's an idiot. That. You can't go by him. I mean, but you're not an idiot. Because he, so you know what he mean? does, what he does is he 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 thinks something should be the way it is, and uh -huh. when it when it's found not to be that way, he says, "Well, that's stupid. It should be this way." And then he forever will continue to call it that way because he thinks the people who created it are the stupid ones. Mm -hmm. 
that that's that's, fair, that's an andyism. I mean, if they're stupid, learn. then <laughs> it's like GIF <laughs> and GIF. Like, come on, like don't call it a GIF. Yeah. Please stop calling it a GIF. I know that the creators like, GIF. No, it's not, you idiot. No, it sounds like you're doing the Andy thing right now. No, right? that's it. But that's how words work. At least live and live are spelled and look exactly the same. So I get it, sure. you know? Sure, sure. All right, let's get into the dual screens report. We've got a lot <laughs> of delays, cancellations. A lot of little stuff. Little, little stuff yeah. to talk about. Yeah. Little, little sprinkles here before we get to our topic of the show. Indeed. Um, let's start with the, the two delay, postpone newses. Sure. Uh, first, this just came out today. Uh, the Knights of the Old Republic remake um that is being postponed indefinitely that's uh, not a good jason word Sh no jason <laughs> schreier had the uh had the write-up on this um apparently the project is in a bad place yeah i i read the article um because i wanted information and uh basically they were creating a workable vertical slice and spending the entire year doing that and it still was not up to par and they were not making the actual game and where they were told that their deadline was end of 2022 realistically they were looking at 2025 um like that's what they were internally like the team actually making it not the people telling them to make it uh which was embracer group uh, is one is the own i guess the uh the owner yeah, of the studio the publisher the publisher yeah. um yeah they they were like no this is this is a three this is three years out at least so indefinitely is not a good word when it comes to cancellations postponements or whatever it basically means this game is done it's not it's never going to come out but yeah hopefully um hopefully that it's it's just needs better leadership and focus and it can be done but I would not hold my breath for this remake. Yeah. A after looking into it a little bit, like I don't think it's very surprising that this team kind of struggled with this. Like the biggest things that they've done to date are mobile and switch ports of old star Wars games. Yeah. Star Wars, Republic commandos, star Wars racers, mm -hmm. next to the old Republic one and two force unleashed. Like, building rebuilding this game from the ground up is a very different job than mm -hmm. porting Knights of the old Republic from original Xbox to an app, you know? Like, yeah. That's a uh, aspire media, right? That's the, yeah. that's the group. And they, they, they had another group come in, another studio come in and try to help them. Um, and there's rumors that they would probably take over development. I, I can't remember who it was. I'm looking through the article now, but there was another uh, studio that was helping them. Um, yeah. They also, like, just laid off pretty much all of their, like, senior leadership, too. Their yeah. design director, art director, um, and a handful of other senior leaders. Saber Interactive. Saber Interactive was joining the project. Um, yeah. So I'm, we'll I'm not optimistic at all no not i for in my in my book this is a cancellation you might as well just say we're not yeah. doing it goodbye yeah if this resurfaces later on it will be a very very different thing uh because they don't even have a game to try and like build off of now if a different studio comes in it would be a very welcome surprise if this thing happens yeah. Uh, the other delay postponement news, uh, Forspoken uh, from Square Enix came out and said, after discussions with uh, their publishing partner, which is Sony, um, they are going to be pushing the game to January of 2023. Mm -hmm. um, I think you and I have very different takes on this. So you go ahead and take the lead here, and then I will share my well, conspiracy theory. Well, they, I mean, the new, the real news, because that was like last week, maybe we, last week plus that that came out. But the real news was that like they actually admitted that the reason was because they didn't want it to compete with God of War. Like Sony was like, we don't want you, we don't want another, we don't want you anywhere near it. So 
I think this is of two. I think this is two things. Um, I think I, they actually came out and said that they said the the only like thing they said around that is that because as a result of ongoing discussions with key partners. Well, no. Like, so so the 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 new update for this was that Forspoken won't hit Xbox until 2025 after yet another yeah. delay. Um, so uh we this is uh um um soft um i guess it's on i don't know um microsoft is the yeah i can't i can't see that up there it's like my light is blinding me um but the uh the article says uh we now know what this is meant exactly which they're referring to as a result of ongoing discussions with key partners we now know what this means exactly it means that sony felt forespoken prior october 11th release date may have clashed with god of war ragnarok's november launch hence spoke forespoken's delay until january 2023 despite the game's near completion status uh, and since Sony has a two-year limited exclusivity agreement with Square Enix for the game, this means Forspoken will release on Xbox in January 2025 at the earliest. Um, they, I mean, they're claiming me, they now know that. To me, but this reads as an editorial piece. Yeah. Like, this is them saying, you know, that means that Sony felt this way. We don't have any actual confirmation that that's the case. Um my like conspiracy theory uh we were hearing rumors when sony yeah. did that like uh state of play where um final fantasy 16 gameplay got revealed we were hearing rumors around there that if final fantasy 16 could go this year so that they could push for spoken that they would um because there was a hands-on event earlier this year and a lot of people came away from that saying that uh, the actual gameplay of Forspoken looked rough. Um, I think this is less Sony saying things need to get out of the way for God of War, which I don't think has really ever been Sony's MO. Um, asking third-party developers to move their stuff to get out of the way of their first-party offering. Um, and more so that this game needs a couple more months of polish. And they're hoping that by January, it'll be in a place where it'll be passable. I I think it's kind of a mix of both. I think what what pro what most likely happened was they were ready to to have this game come out in October, um, and were and gladly took the delay to continue working on polish and refinement, um, because it. It's it was content complete. Everything was complete. Vo content. Everything was complete. Um, but it had not gone gold. Obviously, it's not coming out till. It wasn't supposed to come out till October. Um, there's no way Sony didn't know God of War was coming out this November when Forspoken was shown this uh, spring. Like, there's no way yeah. they didn't already know that. So, yeah. um, in in my opinion, they were probably like, "Hey, you want to move it? Uh, we suggest moving it." Because our projections are showing that, you know, if, if you're comparing this to a, a Horizon situation, which keeps getting cannibalized by another big release, uh, this time with Elden Ring, like, they probably have a lesson learned here where they're like, no, God of War is going to eat your lunch. If you want to, we're okay with moving it. We'll extend the contract. We'll have it go from january 2023 through january 2025 and they're like okay yeah i get you know what i mean like I, I i don't think it was a hat in hand hey we need more time but it was a hey you're gonna give us more time we'll absolutely take it um that's that's where i fall on it yeah i i just think like i don't it's never been sony's mo to move third-party stuff out of the way of their own Offering. I don't think that I think their strategy right now be, is I think they're treating these guys like first like second party. I I know that it is it's traditionally a third party thing, but two years of exclusivity is nothing to shake a stick at, and it's it might as well just be a second party at this point. Um, you know, especially with Sony bringing everything to PC anyway eventually. Um, sure. And I and I also still in my gut feel like Square and Sony are gonna end up being one. Like I, I think so Sony's gonna end up buying them anyway. Um, yeah. I have okay. nothing to go. I, there's no rumors. There's I mean, 
we do have some sources that can give us some clarity on it, but like they're not that deep into it. Um, they're not deep into like the business side of things either. So, um, but it just something feels like it just makes sense. Um, if they're going to invest all this money in exclusivity, the Final Fantasy 16 thing is is crazy. Um, and Forspoken was just another one of those pegs on on, on the wheel. So, um, I think yeah, it, it looks it looks like it needed three more months of polish. Uh, I'm not gonna well six more months, but yeah, I absolutely b- do not at all uh feel bad about this like yeah good take your time and come out when it's looking better yeah um you want to know what's not gonna look better nope uh, it's not the meta quest 2 price tag uh, nope Do you see crooked. this uh like two years after this hardware came out uh meta group announced that the quest 2 is getting a 100 dollars price increase same hardware, no changes. Hundred more dollars. I, like, I I honestly have no idea what to say. Like, I, it makes no sense. I mean, it makes sense if their parts are more expensive and they're trying, but it's fuck, it's Meta, it's Facebook. There's no way they needed to make more money on this thing. Like, they're like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. they're definitely whole. Um, I don't know, man. I, this is, this just comes across as just bad, just bad marketing, bad, you know, are people going to care? I don't know. Uh, especially going up again, maybe they got wind of the PSVR two twos price and they're like, we could be, we could be more expensive. We could be a premium to that. Or I don't know, man. Or. Yeah, I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. It's very weird. And I think this leaves the door open for um, more um, like of the Valve headset getting into the marketplace, more of the HTC headset getting into the marketplace. I I think they're seeding ground here, which is wild to me. Yeah, that was like the affordable one, right? Like that was the one that besides the psvr yeah it was it was like the entry point price tag basically they increased it on all of their quest models so that's crazy it's wild all right uh the final bit of news this week is a new major studio from former naughty dog devs um are live now so bruce straley the director of the last of us and the uncharted series team up with a bunch of industry vets to form wildflower interactive um obviously no game announcements or anything like that but very very cool uh to see bruce straley out there making games again yeah no absolutely um you know we need i i'm i'm a of the thought that as these companies, as these studios get as big as a naughty dog or get as big as a whatever, it's better to split these things up and create more, um, studio, more creativity. Um, and I'm, I'm always happy to see something like this. Like when, uh, you know, you, if you're fostering talent, like a naughty dog is, I expect people to move on and start there and create their own thing. Um. Yeah, the the not none of this is is bad news. Uh, they're hiring. Uh, so you could go like if you want to get into this stuff, wildflowergames.com. They have, they are hiring. They're looking for people. Um, they're tr- they're. Uh, I'm gonna read their their release here. Um, good people making good stuff. It seems so simple and obvious, but that's really what this is all about. Let's enjoy our work and appreciate the people we get to work with, and let's try to advance our industry in the process. Starting something new means we get to change the way things are done with the games we make, the culture we grow, and the processes we use for both. So, to me, that seems like a very um, line-in-the-sand anti-AAA games culture, uh, which I'm totally down for. 
uh, we're making smallish, creatively charged, uniquely stylized games that explore the possibilities of our medium. And we're building a small, open-hearted team of creators that want to improve their skills and still lead a good life outside of work. People that want to hone their craft and have a say in the process, feel respected for their contributions, and be part of the evolution of this awesome medium. So, yeah, this is basically a backhanded... Uh, this is a backslap to AAA Studios slash that culture. Um, yeah. And I am totally here for it. The only thing that I'm a little slightly disappointed in, slightly is the choice of font at the top. Good people making good stuff. It just looks amateurish. Yeah. Um, for those of you that are watching live or on YouTube, you will notice that I just got up and walked away for a little bit. Um, my son was screaming. I was terrified that he like threw up or, you know, one of the many reasons that five-year-olds scream in the middle of the night. Uh, can you guess why my son was screaming? I'll give you one guess and then I'll tell you. Uh, okay, one guess. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Couldn't reach, it's couldn't reach something. to the show. No. Oh, he, okay. He should be in bed. He got put to sleep like an hour ago. Oh, he, he wanted to play a game. He had a bad dream <laughs> that his base got blown up in Minecraft. Oh, no. My son is now dreaming. Oh no, perjury. About Minecraft and he Taylor, woke up no. Sobbing. And I was like, "Bennett, the... you were asleep. That didn't happen." Oh no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> dreaming about Minecraft now. Oh boy. Well, I guess I don't know. Is that success or failure? <laughs> I definitely failure. Definitely. I don't know, man. He's playing games. At least at least you have that. He's way better at Minecraft than I am. Uh, All right. Yeah. Uh, anybody's better at Minecraft, Minecraft than me. Um, so, yeah, like, like what I was saying uh, while you were taking care of baby stuff is just that this just I love the idea of foster of talent of, of huge studios fostering talent that can then go and make their own thing. And this cycle yeah. continuing. Um We've seen I love this that. happen a lot over the last couple of years, yeah. too, of these, like, big name, like, you know, creative directors that have been out there, have been credited on a bunch of huge games, get sick of the AAA style, and go and just make their own thing. And, and we then, saw the same and then thing become with AAA. Raymond, and, and, like, you know, all of, a bunch of, like, former EA devs. Zampella. Yeah, Vince Zampella. Like... A bunch of these people over the last couple of years, um, and for the most part, a lot of these studios haven't released a game yet, right? Like we haven't yeah. seen what um, um, what's her face, the other Uncharted lady. I always forget. Well, she's doing she's doing Forspoken. She, is she the right? one on Forspoken? Isn't she the the? I think she's the director of that, isn't she? I can't remember her name, so I, I don't know. I could be wrong. Um, I, I, my brain. But is like Jade Raymond now. from Ubisoft and and Stadia Wait. going off and doing her own thing. Uh -huh. Like, um, we've seen a bunch of these like big name people, um, bounce, and not put anything out yet. And so I'm excited to see what they can do without the financial backing of. Yeah, she's doing Forspoken. She's writing it. Is she? Okay. Yeah, with cool. she's one of the writers with Gary Witta. Cool, 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 cool. Um, I'm excited to see what they can put out. Basically, is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, over the next couple of years, we'll see these studios kind of like bear their fruit. So, hundred percent, that'll be cool. Um, all right, let's let's talk about the topic of the show since it's kind of light news week. I wanted to talk to something that is like slightly related to everything we've been talking about today, and that is how big of a traffic jam we have piling up for games in 2023. Uh, we've seen a lot of projects get pushed out of this year mm -hmm. into 2023. Um, and especially the first half of 2023 is really busy, but the entire year as a whole uh, is crowded. And it's not necessarily that... Um, 
it's all like super high level triple a stuff either yeah we're seeing a lot of indie games that got pushed to this year like you know highly anticipated indie games and stuff uh there's a lot i'm just gonna run through a quick list of a couple that uh stood out and then we'll talk about what next year is actually gonna look like uh the dead space remake and forspoken are both confirmed for january uh, Resident Evil 4 Remake is confirmed for March. So those are the only confirmed dates that we have. Mm-hmm. But we have a lot of first halves, Q2s, stuff like that in this list. Mm-hmm. Alan Wake 2, Arc 2, Baldur's Gate 3. Um, you keep moving down this list. Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth. Uh, Final Fantasy 16 flintlock that really cool game yeah, that was, was shown off at the uh state of play um hyenas hyper light breaker kerbal space program 2 which i know a lot of people are really excited about um spider-man 2 is projected for 2023 uh minecraft legends redfall Star Wars, Jedi Survivor, Starfield, Street Fighter 6. Breath of the Wild 2. Breath of the Wild 2, Chia. Stalker 2. Payday 3 is supposed to come out as well. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Long, that other really cool game they showed off at the State of Play. Like, there's a lot of really cool-looking games that are set to come out in 2023 how crowded is the first half of the year going to be do you think like how many of these do you think actually stick and hit q1 q2 um and do you think that that is like now the time to release games instead of in the fall i think seven rebirth and 16 from from square are going to be separate I think one's going to be spring and one will be fall. Yeah. Um, I think they said summer for 16, right? It was like so, something like, yeah. Like uh, I think they actually said early summer or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I, I remember thinking that's probably going to be like a May game or something like yeah, that. Yeah. 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 Um, I think for the most part, anything that we have been told is coming out Q1 is going to stay in Q1, but I think anything from Q2 and on is up, up for grabs. Like, I think any of that, it's a complete crapshoot. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if Baldur Gate, Baldur's Gate 3 do, do, continues to just be in early access because they, they just added a class to it and a race, and, like, they could mm. just do that in perpetuity and, yeah, you know, add some story. You know, I just think that that could live the way it is now, and it's already making a butt-ton of money. Um, they have said that they don't want to sit and milk early access though. Yeah. They always, like they, they, everyone says that. Sure. <laughs> everyone says that, but if they could get somebody, if they could convince somebody to give them money for an unfinished product, they will. Um, but yeah, I, I think, uh, Texas chainsaw massacre is, is, a, is one that I'm excited about too. But I, I think we're, um, I think some of those games that we've saw very little of, like uh, Wulong Fallen Dynasty is on this list. Um, maybe the Invincible. Uh, I'm going to say it. Starfield. Um, I think Sea of Stars. I think games like that we could I could see getting pushed further and further. Um, but, man... January, February, and March is going to suck. And I can't believe we're talking about that already. It's crazy. Yeah. I know it, it feels a little bit early, but like we're already getting so many delays and pushes into that window. I know. And we'll probably see a few more before the year comes to an end. Yeah. Like Q1, Q2 seems like the time to release games now. Um, I mean, yeah. this year we had Elden Ring, we had Horizon, a ton of like huge flagship games got released at the beginning or first half of the year. Um, you know, in 2020, we saw the same thing with, um, like the last of us part two and, um, like a, a lot of 
big like first party releases from these companies are landing in that like what used to be like the safe zone right you would put your game there if you didn't want to compete with the big players in fall and now it seems like fall with the exception of like god of war this year which until that game actually comes out i'm not convinced is coming out this year um for the most part it's like sports games and your annual shooters and that's it you know i remember when this started to change was for for me i started to notice it with spider-man uh, mm-hmm. Spider-Man was, I think, a September, like a like a really yep. early September game, mm-hmm. and I and I think that that was the moment where at least Sony realized, like, oh, people are gonna buy our games. It doesn't have to come out on Thanksgiving. Like these games yeah, don't we, have to come don't out need a fall in November. Game. Yeah, they could yeah. they could come out summer. They could come out whenever. And then uh, Capcom was like, here's every Resident Evil in March. And we're like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. And I remember uh, seven being Here's... the first one that like really blew the doors off. It's like it's f- March. We're getting this or February. I think it was February. Yeah. Um, and I think that just proved like this industry is so healthy. It doesn't matter mm-hmm. which queue you come out. It doesn't matter what holiday you're near. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. You could launch oh, consoles in March now, or in May. Like the the sw- the switch was. Was Switch March? I can't remember. The Switch was, was March because it was March the same May. time. Yeah. It was the same time as Breath of the Wild. Right. Like It came out early March. You know, who launches a console in March? And now, like, we've had multiple consoles yeah. launch in, in March. And, you know, it's like, I just don't think it, any of that matters anymore. Um, yeah. And that's great, it, but also scary. over the last, like, five years been a considerable shift. I feel like... The game that really proved it for me was when they launched Monster Hunter World in January. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. And they were just like, yeah, we're coming out right after all of the holidays. And it was the best-selling game in the entire franchise and, like, did gangbusters, you know? You know who had the biggest balls of all of them was Nintendo doing, I think it was Smash Bros. on December 17th. Yeah, <laughs> they were like, super, super yeah, bright. yeah, here, it's December 17th, go to Christmas. guess what, you're gonna fucking buy it, you're gonna not nose brat of yours. Yeah, you are, yeah, you are, and then we're gonna give you, make you pay for DLC forever. Um, Three years, and we're gonna kill Sakurai in the process. Yeah, <laughs> poor bastard. Um, but yeah, like, the once that silo was open, people were like, or these companies were like, oh, we don't have to all come out at the same time? There's 12 yeah. months? Wow, I mm-hmm. thought there was only two and a half. That's this is great news, everybody. Wait, you mean we could release a scary game not in October? Oh, mm-hmm. cool. That's awesome. But and then and, and then Activision's like, what November? Yeah. <laughs> like Activision, go back to sleep. <laughs> you you guys Do stick more to November. Call of Duties. Do a Call of Duties in November again. Your your guys yeah. are fine. Um, uh, yeah. With with them. Speaking of Activision, with Activision skipping Call of Duty next year, um, you know, they've already come out and said they're breaking the annual cycle. Um, and there's not going to be a Call of Duty release in October, November like there normally is. I think 2023 is going to be the result, like the first true result of this shift that's been happening over the last couple of years. Like that's going to be the first year where we look at it and we're like, oh, this is where the industry's at, you know. Yeah, it's We've it's been transitioning. The new, it's going to set the, the new, transition. yeah, the new yeah. normal, the new standard, or like exactly. D- expect nothing because expect mm-hmm. the unexpected at this point. Because I yeah. mean, it, it honestly, it just doesn't matter. They these games could come out in July. They could come out in May. They could. It doesn't matter. Look at Horizon. Like it doesn't matter. We're, yeah. This industry is stupid healthy like mm-hmm. it's absurd i also think um you know with all of the setbacks and hardships that covid caused um i feel like production on game projects and stuff like that have has reached a healthier place because of covid i think it's allowed for um companies to be okay with extending out development time a little bit more and putting more time into their projects and and stuff like that um because covid kind of forced their hand like they 
couldn't go as all hands on deck as they wanted to. So, um, and, and you know, these, this batch of games is kind of the ones that were born right before during COVID. So yeah, it'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to I would, see if that kind of continues. Absolutely. I would be really interested to see how it has affected a triple a dev first party triple a dev more so because we have we've interviewed dozens and dozens and, and dozens of develop of indie devs and i would say a hundred percent of them if it's not a hundred percent that it's 99.9 like it's so close mm-hmm. have said that the pandemic was great for their development um, cause there was no, almost no change. Cause everybody works from home anyway, for the most part. And it opened, uh, communication to a lot of the places they normally wouldn't be able to, because they don't have to travel. So they were able to mm-hmm. do these digital events that they normally couldn't, um, all over the world and be a part of them all over the world remotely. Um, and I'd be, I'd be interested to see how that happens for the larger studios that have those brick and mortar multi-floor yeah. studios because especially I, like first party studios yeah, and stuff like yeah. that cuz like we we know Nintendo got fucked up like we know that they had a big issue uh with their development but i like if i was managing something like that i would look at it like okay well we don't we could consolidate our floors. Like if you're renting a building, consolidate, go less in-person people, free up budget, hire more people to work remotely, uh, or in, in some sort of hybrid situation where they're like sharing workstations, but like two or three days a week, uh, it's, you know, whatever, like, does that make development easier? Cause now you, you can hire more people cause you have more budget cause you're not, paying overhead for uh actual rent and and all that stuff so those are questions i would really like to ask how just logistically from dollars and cents how they uh manage the team from there i know my job like my company they let go as much as many people as possible um because uh, from the pure overhead standpoint because in the in my industry it would be as if um they stopped being able to uh sell video games like yeah. they like they you can't sell video games during the pandemic okay well what are we doing like that's that's kind of how my industry was it was like our product can't happen so mm-hmm. people all the overhead had to go but that's not the case in in gaming like you could in, in some case, in a, almost every indie dev's case, like they were able to hire more people. Yeah, they were it able, was better. Yeah, it was a better situation for them. So I'd be curious. Uh, I'm going to try and see if I could get Andy to flex some muscle and get us some. Maybe we could get uh, Obsidian back on the show to oh, talk Shuhei about. Oh, Shuhei Yoshida. Shu! Are you listening, Say, Shu? Shuhei. Not listening. Tell me the exact inner workings yeah. of. Do me a favor. PlayStation Studios. Tell me, a, tell me how much money you spend every day. Yeah. On tea. Yeah. What's your overhead? On tea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that's hiring? gonna. I think that's gonna bring us home. Steve, thank you so much for joining me this week. Uh, Twitch chat, thank you so much for joining us this week. Indeed. And those listening and viewing from the convenience of a podcast app, YouTube, whatever, thank you for hanging out later i guess yeah doing doing the other thing make sure you hit the like button we love you leave us a review all that good stuff until next time though my name is taylor allen you can find me at it's perger that has been stephen fontana you can find him at batchild 27 indeed we are dual screens at dual underscore screens on twitter dual screens tv on youtube and patreon.com slash dual screens where you can get access to our super exclusive hidden family discord for all of our best friends you can over there mm-hmm. uh just like our producers fnh paul and colton the apprentice nestler i think that does it i'm not gonna say we're a scam this week steve we're not really mad at me for saying no that. i'm no, not no. gonna say that we're pay to win either because that's definitely not the no case, it, even it, though 
we the are... people who are in the Discord, I love more than the people who are not in the Discord. Right. But it's more like, it, you know, like in politics, they say pay to play. You know, like there's yeah. that. It's not quite that either. It's more like Definitely pay is. for friendship. Yeah. It's like the prostitution of friendship. Yeah. It's like when you were a kid and your mom had to pay your classmates to be your friend. And to come to the birthday party. Yeah. Our Discord is our birthday party, and we want you to pay to come to our birthday party. <laughs> this analogy is getting worse and worse every week. Love it. Oh I my love God. it. Patreon.com slash dual screens. Check it out. Uh, thank you all so much for hanging out, so much for listening. Uh, new website, by the way. Yep. The same URL, new website. Looks great. Go check that out. Um, also, we're, we're looking for team members. So if you like us and you want to be a part of it, um, DM us on Twitter at dual screen, dual underscore, underscore screen, underscore screen. Yep. Uh, yeah. Hit us up. We actually put out a, a post today looking for writers and we got like a dozen and a half people interested. Obviously, a lot of them are overqualified because we're a very, very small uh, website right now. But um if you're looking to start your career or you're looking to if, if you just are passionate about what dual screens does and you want to be a part of it uh we do pay our writers we uh it's not a ton but we do pay because we do believe in that um so if you want to make a couple bucks you know get some some game codes and cover some indie games with us please feel free uh send us a message uh in our dms on twitter at dual underscore screens if you want to write for us, we'll pay you. If you want to be our friend, you have to pay you us. You pay us. That's correct. That's the summary. That's correct. You're <laughs> paying. Time, you're paying hundreds of dollars to come see me in just a few short weeks. I am. Yeah, I'm so excited. Hundreds. <laughs> we might have to like record something. Do a little. Oh, we're like, well. We're gonna do something. Do a little. We're gonna monetize your visit for sure. Oh, sweet. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. <laughs> Until next time, please. Continue lining our greedy little pockets. <laughs> You're, that's terrible. That is terrible. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye,